Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Rhino Podcast, brought to you by Rhino Records. Interviews with your favorite artists and bands about the songs and albums you love. Here's your host, Rich Mahan. On this episode of the Rhino Podcast, our guests are none other than comedy legends Cheech and Chong. Far hey, out. Hey, you like my car, man? Oh, yeah, man. I really like the dingo balls, yeah, man. Yeah, I put it in myself, man. Yeah, hey, man, out. you notice the name is who came in here? The name, man? Yeah, the name of the car. Oh, no. I know. It's La Bamba, eh? <laughs> La Bamba. Far out. Oh, hey, the light changed. Hey, uh, hey, hey, man. Hey, come on, man. Hey, man. Oh, hey, man. Like, wow, man. Hey, man, how far you going, man? From the end of the block, man. <laughs> you know. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Rhino Podcast. Boy, do we have a doozy for you. John Hughes. John knows who we have on today. Well, you all know who we have on today because I said so just a minute ago. We have Cheech and Chong today, John. You said doozy, and I thought you said doobie. Well, you know, it's just one letter away. <laughs> it's close. I love it. <laughs> we, uh, besides having Cheech Chong, which is super exciting, there's a couple of great new releases that I know people are going to want to hear about. Yeah. First off, none other than Eagles, live at the Forum 76. This is making its vinyl debut. It has 10 songs recorded in the fall of 1976. I mean, primo Eagles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vintage. Yeah. Just right before the release of Hotel California, live at the Forum 76 will be available on November 12th as a two LP set on 180 gram vinyl. And the tracks will be making their vinyl debut. Before this, they were only on CD and digitally as part of 2017's 40th anniversary edition of Hotel California. The live music takes up three LP sides, while the final one features an exclusive etching of the artwork. This comes out November 12th from Rhino. Yeah, the Eagles fans are going to love this because, you know, this music is just perfect for vinyl. It's perfect for Uh, vinyl. It's what it was made for, really. Meanwhile, Mark Knopfler, the studio albums, 1996 to 2007, To commemorate the 25th anniversary of Mark Knopfler's debut solo release, Golden Heart, in 1996. Gosh, that's 25 years. A new box set, Mark (laughs) Knopfler. I know. (laughs) A new box set, Mark Knopfler, the studio albums, 1996 to 2007, is coming out on December 10th. This box features his first five studio albums as a solo artist. Those include Golden Heart, Sailing to Philadelphia, The Rag Picker's Dream, Shangri-La, and Kill to Get Crimson, plus an exclusive bonus disc of B-sides from this period that's called Gravy Train, the B-sides. The box will be released in vinyl, 11 LP box set, wow, and CD, six discs. This will be the first time Golden Heart Sailing to Philadelphia and the Gravy Train B-Sides collection will have been released on vinyl. Again, that's December 10th. 
great guitar work on both of those, you know. With the Eagles, you got the classic Don Felder, Joe Walsh lineup. And then, of course, Mark Knopfler is well known as a guitarist. <laughs> I was going to say, who's playing guitar in the Mark Knopfler stuff? <laughs> <laughs> well, Mark Knopfler, of course, is well known as, you know, an expert guitar player. So it'll be great to hear all these. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait. So uh, make sure you check them out. You need more information, always hit us up at rhino.com. Thanks very much, John. Thanks, Rich. We will catch you next time. Today's guests are the legendary comedy duo Cheech and Chong. 2021 marks the 50th anniversary of their self-titled debut comedy album, otherwise known as the Yellow Album, which went gold and hit number 28 on the charts after its release. Cheech Marin and Tommy Chong went on to release another 10 albums and segued into making movies, starting with 1978's classic Up in Smoke. Up in Smoke That's where my money goes In my lungs And sometimes up my nose When troubled times Begin to bother me I take a tote And all my cares Cheech and Chong, welcome to the Rhino Podcast. Thank you so much yep. for being here today. Thanks, thanks, Rhino. Is that uh, Rhino Records? You remember we used to go uh, sell the records when our yeah, days that's right. Yeah. yeah, and then it turned into a label when they bought the Monkeys catalog. That's how it got yeah. started. Yeah, hey, hey, with the Monkeys. Oh, that's good. We did the Up and Smoke 40th Anniversary Edition, which was so oh, super cool, right? Excellent. I mean, had the big bamboo papers in it and everything, yeah. right? Very cool. That's very it's cool. It's a time capsule. It is a time capsule, and there's so much great stuff on there. So much great stuff to talk to you guys about, but the reason we're here is it's the 50th anniversary of your first album. Wow. I mean, wow. Can you believe that much time has gone by since you guys put that record out? I've been thinking about that time last couple of weeks uh, during the time when we recorded that and walking around the AM lot and things yeah. we were doing the off mic, you know, just kind of learning that whole lot and how to use it and how to use this. We got relegated to like the closet in the back. It was a mixed down room. <laughs> that was our studio. Right That's all we needed. Yeah, yeah right. Really, you recorded at the A&M Studios, which used to be Charlie Chaplin's place, which was super cool. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. How long did it take you guys to make that record? The Yellow The first album? Yeah. It yeah. took uh, a couple of weeks, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Yellow album? Yeah, I would say. It wasn't, wasn't too long. Uh, we... <laughs> The first uh, two bits uh, that Lou had in the big studio was uh, uh, Dave's Not Here and uh, Blind Mill and Chidlin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and we would have done more but uh, because we had the time. <laughs> but <laughs> that was all the – we and we had to make up uh, Blind Mill and Chidlin on the spot because the only one that we had rehearsed was uh, Dave's Not Here. <laughs> and, and that was that earlier than that afternoon that <laughs> we yeah. Yeah. for the first time. Yeah, and then we uh, we recorded it so fast, and Lou had all every, all the engineers, and he had a full crew. Like we were doing a music album, and, and it was comedy, and so we were done in 
two minutes, <laughs> a couple of minutes. And then we had to come up with, well, what else you got? Uh, okay, we'll do the blind melon bit. You know, we did that. And I think that was it. That was for yeah, that, that Lou Adler. And then we, uh, I told Lou that we just needed a little mixed down room. And, uh, and that was it. Then, then all we needed was uh, Norm Kenny and uh, Cheech and Chong. And that was it. Right. Well, you came up with, with Blind Mel and Chitlin on the spot, but all the other routines on the album, were they part of your comedy act already? Or did you write a lot of these bits new for the first album? Yeah, I think the preponderance of the stuff is new. All you of know? them. Yeah. All of the bits. Most I don't think we did any live. Uh, no. Well, we never had any live. That's where we <laughs> were. That's where we were. We figured out, oh, okay. <laughs> we figured out right away at the beginning that we were working in this new medium. It wasn't a recreation of our live show. It was creating bits using the studio as the instrument. Very cool. Yeah. And and without we, an audience, yeah, we yeah. we we weren't really even concentrating on Pedro and Man either. They no. were just a couple of characters that we we did later. It wasn't yeah. until we did the movie that Pedro Man became uh, Cheech and Chong. Yeah, that's when we got put on the money. So that was real right. Cool. Well, it seems like a lot of the bits on the first album, though, kind of make an appearance one way or another in Up and Smoke. Right? You got the courtroom yeah. scene. And that's in there. And of course, Dave's not here at Strawberry's house, you know, and the stuff on the first album kind of informed up in smoke. Right. Sure. Yeah. And driving in the car and talking about the dingle balls. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool stuff. <laughs> cool stuff. But you, know, yeah. you, have, you have a lot of sound effects on this album. For instance, the thunder in God's voice in Welcome to Mexico. Right. When he talks, things like that. Yeah. Did it change your live show? After you did this record, did you have to incorporate sound effects or anything? How did how did the first record change what you guys did live? Uh, we, we did Dave for the first time live in New York. We went after, to, uh, how many years? Twenty some odd years later. No, no. When, <laughs> after we made the album, no, no. It's right when we made what was first released. We went to New York to play the Bitter End. Remember there? Uh huh. And, oh, and, and we did. We did. Dave we there. didn't do Dave, but we didn't do it. And so the the the, the A and R men say, so why, "Why don't you guys do Dave? That's the big hit here." It was yeah. like the first week. He said, "What? You could have a hit and and a week and and a comedy hit." And so he says, "We so we don't know how to do it." You know, he says, "Do it in the dark." Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. And that's one of the first time we ever did it in the dark, right then, and it worked perfectly. <laughs> Fit into a New York paranoia. <laughs> <laughs> it sure did. And that's why it was a big hit, yeah. Yeah, well, the album yeah. was definitely a hit. It peaked at number 28 on the Billboard 200 in 72. And you guys got nominated for Best Comedy Recording yeah. uh, yep. at the 14th Grammy Awards. Did you guys attend the Grammy Awards yeah. that year? We did. They were in New York. Oh, wow. What was that's that like? Ed Sullivan gave out the prize. Did he really? Yeah. 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 To who won? I don't remember. Was Lily it, Tomlin uh, won. Lily Tomlin. Oh, Lily. Oh, that yeah. was nice. That yeah, was yeah, nice. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Ed Sullivan couldn't pronounce it. Chin Chong. 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 It wasn't, wasn't Cheech. It was Chi, wasn't it? It was Sheesh. Sheesh. Sheesh and Chong. Well, you know. Yeah. Well, Ed Sullivan was uh, quite a uh, drinker. <laughs> oh, was he? 
he was quite loaded when he when he performed anywhere, you know. <laughs> Backing up just a little bit, how did you hook up with Lou Adler and get hooked into that to get your record deal? He saw us at the Troubadour. We used to do these uh, hoot nights on Monday nights. So it was like open mic night. Yeah. And we had started building up an audience there. And, and uh, we were set up to do for another producer uh, at, at Warner Brothers, Ted Templeman. He okay, was sure. Yeah. We did the show. Everybody went nuts. And, and then the, a girl came out and she said that she's a friend of Lou's. And she said that he saw the show and he wants to meet with you guys tomorrow. That's why I said, no, oh, okay. So Tommy didn't had never heard of Lou, and but I did. I knew who he was because I was uh, working in the record industry, and so we went to his office the next day and signed a deal. Wow, that yeah. quick! That yeah. quick! How about that, that quick? I mean, that's fast. Just like the next day, bam! All of a sudden, you've got a deal. You guys must have been pretty happy about that. Well, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I think our wives were happier. Yeah. My, my, my wife was, she was ecstatic. <laughs> Money? Yeah. Yeah. He he'd offered us an advance of of $1,000. And so Tommy starts to reach for the band. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm talking to my partner. I said, man, there's two of us. So we, we need $2,000. And so we go back to the, uh, there's two of us. We need $2,000. He kind of, okay. And <laughs> the oh, and I said, and one more thing. And these, what? I says, I need a little tape recorder so we can rehearse. And he got us a little tape recorder. And that was the tape recorder that we taped. Uh, the only time we ever rehearsed uh, <laughs> it was uh, with that tape recorder. And we rehearsed Dave's Not Here. And it wasn't supposed to be Dave's Not Here. It was supposed to be another bit. But uh, Cheech got locked out, out outside the door, and, and I wouldn't let him in. He kept knocking, and I kept saying, who is it? And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I was trying to work the tape recorder, and so I, I didn't know if it was working or not, and which is why I didn't go open the door for Cheech. <laughs> and so I just kept saying, "Who is it?" And he kept saying, "It's me." And then finally, uh, then I got. Just seen I how got, long I, he tortured me. Well, I, <laughs> well, I seen how funny, how funny it was. It was really good because Cheech never broke character. Yeah. He just stayed in character. Who is it? It's it's Dave, man. Will you open up? I got the stuff with me. Who? Dave, man. Open up. Dave? Yeah, Dave. Come on, man. Open up. I think the cops Dave's saw me. Dave's not here. No, man. I'm Dave, man. Hey, come on, man. Who is it? It's Dave, man. Will you open up? I got the stuff with Who? me. Dave, man. Open up. Dave? Yeah, Dave. Dave's not here. And that bit just... It... it it was ordained. It was a very special thing. This whole Cheech and Chong thing was very ordained. There was a thunderclap. <laughs> you, you did not expect to happen. Yeah. And uh, and that's why it's really hard to, uh, you, know, you know, to answer questions, you know, because we're, we were never the normal kind of comedy team, you know, that... Uh, each used to be a stand-up, and then they get together, or one was a singer, like in uh, Martin and Lewis. Well, Tommy, I mean, you guys are both so musically inclined. You're both musicians. and You actually got signed to Motown Records before all that happened yeah. for a while, didn't you? With Bobby Taylor and the Vancouver's. It was Motown 
you know, the fact that I got fired from Motown, that really helped create Cheech and Chong, you know, because up until when I got fired, I was a rhythm and blues backup guitar player. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't even a lead guitar player. And I wasn't really the leader of the band either. I was the instigator of the band, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and uh, it's a perfect description. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, uh, so when it came time to fire me, uh, the guy had no problem because you know it was like, uh, who is this guy anyway? You know, and, and there wasn't Barry Gordy was the only one that knew my worth as far as the band goes. The reason I got fired, I had to go back to get a green card so we could work legally in the States. Tommy, you're you're originally from Canada. You're a Canadian. So, yeah, yeah I'm Canadian. Card, right? yeah, so and getting a green card is not that easy. Right. I had to miss a gig. You know, by that time, Bobby Taylor had left. We went solo and, and, and we were the backup group for Chris Clark. And, uh, and so, you know, I knew that uh, the rest of the band could do without me. I was a rhythm guitar player, you know, but I, I figured I'll take the bass player with me because he was also Canadian. And so I told Wes that, uh, you know, we got to get our green card. So I thought that was kind of like insurance. So yeah, that, right. Yeah. That, you weren't the only one. That, there's two. Uh, of there's two of yeah. <laughs> but, but when we came back, with the green, we had the green card, you know, at least uh, they were going to mail it to us. Yeah. Wes wouldn't talk to me all the way home, all the way back. There are little hints, like there was no ticket for me to, to fly back from Detroit to uh, Cherry Hill, New Jersey, but there was for Wes. And so I thought, well, they must have made a mistake. <laughs> and then Wes was really quiet on the way home. And oh. I found out later that they had talked to him. They yeah, said, he already you can come him. back. You yeah. can come back, but but that Chong better not come back. <laughs> but I had to come back because I had my girlfriend and my baby in the motel, with along with my all my amplifier and my equipment. And so, so when I went back, I, I walked to the gig with Wes. Again, he was very quiet. <laughs> we get to the gig, and, and Johnny Bristow, the road manager, he says. Uh, I told you, you know, if you miss a gig, you're fired. So you're fired. And and I looked at the, the band. I thought, you know, the band would save me because all they had to do is say, well, if he's fired, we're fired. You know, right, yeah. none of them. They all looked away. They all turned away and they all said no. And so I went back to my to the motel and I, I got to the to the room and and Shelby, you know, she said, oh, you're home early. And I said, I got fired. I mean, she said, oh, that's good. That band, <laughs> that band sucked. Come to bed. And that, that changed my life. <laughs> yeah. Well, Cheech, you've said that there's parallels between music and comedy. How do yeah. your musical sensibilities inform what you guys do comedically? Tells you when to come in. <laughs> you learn a four four beat. It applies to comedy too. Dun 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 dun. Yeah. No, it's a rhythm, you know, and it only it only gets uh, uh, amplified more if you if you listen to actually what the other person's saying. So you know when your when your line falls. Yeah, just like in music, if the band isn't listening to each other, there's no mm-hmm. dynamic. Yeah, it's looking for a new gig. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, but it, it works in comedy too, and, it's, and especially in improv that to, that you uh, you listen. That's what the thing is not. It's not waiting to talk. It's listening and seeing where they stop that lead you. 
You know? Right. Dave's not here is a very good example, excellent example, because w- when I said, uh, "Who is it?" You know, uh, Cheech just responded, you know, so organically, and everybody understood. You know, the whole everybody listening to that bit. That's why that bit is so powerful, because it it had that rhythm. You talk about music; you, it, it had that rhythm. And, yeah. and people still, to this day, still do that rhythm. Yeah. <laughs> they they mess it up. I'm not him. It's so funny when you listen to that that bit because Cheech, you're like you're wanting to scream, dude, let me in, but you're whispering. It's like a whisper yeah. scream. It's so well performed. <laughs> Love that part. Yeah, it was it was it was uh, improv, you know, because I wasn't supposed to be there. Yeah, that, you know, we did it in the studio that night. You know, when it when it's a couple of times when I've gone back to listen to some of the records, it's it's very. It is whispery, all those things, because we weren't like projecting from stage. We yeah. had microphones. Ah. We it. were using a microphone the way yeah. uh, my, yeah. we, we, we were taking advantage of that medium. Yeah. Yeah. We could take you anywhere. And we did. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. took you inside a vagina. Think of that. <laughs> <laughs> so. Talk about your very first appearance as a duo at that club in Canada. I uh, st- had an improvisational strip club, and, and the show was so boring and, and icky, actually. Uh, and, I re- and I'd been seeing uh, all these improv groups in, in uh, Los Angeles, you know, the committee, and I saw the Second City in Chicago. And so... Uh, so I thought, wow, wow, you know, why don't we put a, why don't we have the girls instead of coming up and being strippers? Why don't we have them in their street clothes and doing bits where they disrobe in their uh, from their street clothes, which is much, much more sexier, you know, and and actually illegal. <laughs> so <laughs> I vouch for that. <laughs> so so I. Uh, so I did because it was my, you know, I could do whatever, you know, uh, what I wanted in the clubs. Thank God. Yeah. And uh, and that's how I did it. You know, I, you know, I tried having a band, you know, behind the curtain and and we got our jokes from Playboy magazine. That's that's <laughs> that's, that's, where, that's where we'd go to our jokes. And when we had the improv club, we we would do an hour and then we would take a, a half hour intermission. And, and and but before we took an intermission, we would take questions from the audience like a real improv club would do. Yeah. And only trouble is that our audience uh, would probably leave, you know. <laughs> and so 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 the next audience would get a, a brand new show from the suggestions from the other audience. It was it was it was uh, an exciting time, you know. Yeah. But uh, Cheech joined on as a straight man. <laughs> and he wasn't even Cheech at the time. He was Richard. Richard Marin. Dick for short, although not really. <laughs> well, you actually started, you came on to help with writing at first, didn't you, Cheech? Yeah, yeah, I was hired as a writer first. And that was when I just stood in the wings and <laughs> wrote down everything they were doing and then made suggestions. We performed at a Battle of the Bands at the Gardens in Vancouver. We had a band ready to play. You know, we had a bass player, drummer, piano. And uh, Cheech and I would decided we'd do a little uh, stand-up first. And we never got around to playing any music. 
the stand-up was so strong. We just, and that's when we decided that we were going to be a comedy team. Ordained. It's in the stars, Ordained. right? Yeah, yeah. It just happened. In the papers and everything. <laughs> oh, everything that happened to us and to me really led us to to the Cheech and Chong. You know, yeah. that's what I mean about being ordained. Right. Because I had no, I had no intentions of of doing comedy. When did you guys first start talking about making up and smoke? When did that idea start germinating? Uh, well, when we were, were when, when we were making the movie. Yeah. <laughs> no, I really wanted to be in a movie. I, I really wanted to, for us, to, Cheech and Chong, to do a movie. It was just a natural, you know. There was a, a guy that Joel Asker that taught us uh, Tai Chi, and he was also a filming uh, writer. I hung out with him a bit, and we wrote a, a, a sort of a treatment for Jack and the Weedstock, <laughs> and uh, and I was ready to do uh, to that the, be the first Cheech and Chong movie. I don't. Know, I told Lou. Or, I don't know. I, I forget how how it came to be. But anyway, Lou knew that we wanted to do a movie, and so then Lou said he'd he'd get the money and everything. Uh, you know, he get his. He was friends with uh, Paramount. You know, and we had never done a movie before, so we were we were, we were going down the, the route, you know, where you need a director and all that stuff, you know. Sure. And uh, Lou tried to get us, the, you know, the hot director. And I think he offered it to Rob Reiner, and he, Rob Reiner turned it down because uh, of our uh, his connection with the committee, because all the people in the committee hated Cheech and Chong because we took their bits and turned them into Cheech and Chong records. <laughs> and and they were a little pissed off at that, and they were all a little bit full of themselves too. So in the same Second City too, because when Belushi, uh, Belushi was a big Cheech and Chong fan, and so when Second City tried to do records like we did uh, with Belushi, they kept telling Belushi, uh, "No, no, 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 you're it's too Cheech and Chong, too Cheech and Chong." <laughs> so so that was funny, but. But anyway, uh, Lou uh, got us a, a director, Floyd Mutrix. Uh, we we never got along with Floyd because Floyd, wanted, well, he was a director, you know, and he was used to working with the script. Yeah. And he was supposed to work with, with the script with us, but he, he he's more of a director than a writer. And, you know, he would come to the to the meeting and he'd be on the phone trying to get people to to deliver his Porsche. He had a Porsche collection. <laughs> he, was, he was more into that. And then he come up with this stupid bit. I'll never forget. It was about a, a trailer park, and they're cleaning out the shit in the trailer park, and the hose goes crazy, and, and there's shit sprays all over the place, you know. And when when he came up with that bit, both Cheech and I said, uh, "Lou, uh, this guy ain't gonna work out. This ain't, this ain't working." So Lou uh, fired him, and then Lou said, "You know, Paramount would would be more comfortable if if I directed." If Lou directed. And we said, yeah, sure. You know, because he, he'd always kind of directed our, our comedy career, you know, yeah, our he comedy already, He already got you guys. He knew what you were about. Yeah, and he and he did. And he did. Now, the only problem with Lou is that he wanted to do Cheech and Chong's Greatest Hits because he had all the records, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, right. And so, right, right, right. So it was like he wanted to use his thing. But one day, anyway, I, I, I wrote a song called Up and Smoke. And I came uh, to the meeting one time with Cheech and Lou, and I sang Up and Smoke to them. And then Cheech, Cheech immediately said, that's the name of the movie. And so once we had the, the name of the movie and what it was about, 
and the characters in Chichen decided, well, we'll use Pedro and Man. They're, they're going to be the, the characters. Well, then we went to work and we started writing. And first of all, and, and we're musicians. That was the whole thing. We were musicians. Right. We we're going to be opposites. I was going to be uh, a rich kid. Uh, you know, that was funny, too, because I was old at the time. I was 40 years old. A rich kid living at home. Yeah, right. That, 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 that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I didn't plan on him being Jewish. I had no idea. But uh, Cheech's cousin, uh, Louie, was in the writing team at that time. And Louis really was the one that wrote my guy, you know, Anthony Stoner. Yeah. In fact, he, Louis named Anthony Stoner. And Cheech did the Pedro character. Right. You know, and then I added my uh, weightlifting scenes. And, you know, I wanted to show us being healthy stoners, you know, not gang members and not out to hurt anybody, but just all we needed was uh, something to get high to uh, do our, you know, do our music. You know, we can't play or do anything unless we get high first, unless we, we smoke up. Right. I've always known about uh, the most of rule. And the most of rule is like when you're writing uh, something, you know, especially a movie, you want to do the most of, you know, the biggest and the best. And, you know, just like movie companies themselves. You know, I almost made a mistake of calling my movie company student films. That was the biggest <laughs> mistake I could have made because you always want to go the other way. Right, know? right. Uh, you know, the, the Paramount, the Universal, uh, right. you know, the Something bigger, that the bigger, suggests the suggests grand, you know, yes. big yeah. spectacle. That right? was it. Yeah. And so when we come up with the most of, and then we did the movie the way we did our records, you know, we do one bit at a time. We knew where we were going to go. We knew we were going to have a rock fight. Yeah. We're eventually going to go there. And then just looking for weed, we end up uh, getting deported <laughs> and uh, by the Migra because, yeah. you know, that was another Chicano thing. And then when we, uh, when we got to Tijuana, I'm sorry. I just remembered the dog burrito scene. I laughed yeah. so hard at that one all the time. You're like, good dog. <laughs> yeah. After I ate it. The toilet scene. Come on, ice cream. <laughs> I mean, there were so many. But the scenario yeah, so funny. that I won was uh, based on a joke that I'd heard. It was about... Um, this Polish guy during the communist era, he would go across the border pushing a wheelbarrow. And and every time he would go across, he'd get stopped by the same guard and they would go through the wheelbarrow to see what he was carrying. And they, they knew that he was smuggling something. They could not figure out what it was. And every time they searched the wheelbarrow, they'd come up with nothing. And, and finally, they both retired, and then they're sitting in the bar one time, and the guy said, listen, I, I, you can't get in trouble now. I know you were smuggling something, but tell me, what were you smuggling? I got to know. And the guy says, wheelbarrows. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so that, that's what happened with the, the band made out of pot. Yes. Because instead of smuggling weed across in a van, in a car, we drive a whole van across. Yeah. That's made of pot. Right. You know. All right. So the license plate, Yeska, does that stand for anything? That's cheap. There's a cholo, cholo word for weed. Oh, okay. Yeah. Early, early. Uh, <laughs> the the, the, the <laughs> license plate that cracks me up. I got a ton of them here to be signed. 
is Muff Diver. Oh, yeah. <laughs> On the Impala. That, That's awesome. That is being sold in all the good stores. <laughs> and and they, they're very proud. People send them to me to sign. And, and, and it just cracks me up that we can get away with Muff Diver. Oh, God. <laughs> well, there's so many little gems like that in the movie. How much of the film and, and what you guys said was improvised on the spot versus scripted? A great deal, a great deal of it, you know, because uh, we would come up with an idea and somebody would start talking and and we knew that from records and from stage. So it was, it was you know, relatively easy for, for movies. We just didn't know kind of, you know, the, the, the geography of moving a camera or anything, but we were just funny in front of it. Yeah. And that, that was our, that was our method, which it just worked, you know, but it was listening to uh, each other talk and then respond and, and shooting, shooting the great deal of the scenes in masters and playing them in masters. You know, you got the rhythm of the scene in a very few takes. Yeah. We did very traditional comedy. You know, they, yeah. you look at Charlie Chapman movies, uh, they're all visual and they're physical. And But we allowed, we worked with such good actors. That was where Lou Adler, he got us, uh, you know, Stacy and, and uh, Strother Martin. You know, Strother Martin, he wrote every line, every bit. He, that was his speech. You, you get a job by sundown or I'm shipping you off to military school. Tom Skerritt, <laughs> same thing. Yeah. I'm scared, you know. Interesting shit, kid. <laughs> Such a quotable line. Pinklestein shit, kid, son of a bitch. You got to put that in there. You get a goddamn job I, I before really sundown, or we're what, shipping you off to military school with a goddamn Finkelstein shit, kid, son of a bitch. That's the exclamation point at the end of it, right? <laughs> now, to humor Lou, kind of, you know, we put uh, some additional scenes in there that we had to cut out, you know, that eventually because they didn't work. We end up in jail and then we had the father come down and, and bail us out, but he's drunk. And so we did a little callback to uh, Rebel Without a Cause. Beat it, monkey, uh, beat it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, remember that, change. And, and, and so, so we just had so much fun. We knew from our records, you know, if we laugh at it, we know it's going to work. We don't have to test it on anybody. Yeah. We test everything had to be tested on ourselves. And, yeah. and, and we and it did. When we heard something funny, we would do it. We'd put it in the movie. Like Cheech peeing in the pamper. That was it. That was improv, you know, because Cheech told me about him coming home one drunk, drunk. And he pees in the hamper instead of the toilet. <laughs> I knew I had it in me. <laughs> Not for long, you didn't. <laughs> and same as and same as uh, uh, fuck me, Alex. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, right. Zane Busby. Yeah. I mean that. She told us we're, we're driving from one location we're, to another. We're having lunch. And, she, and we're having lunch, and she told us about her yeah. roommate. And and we said let's let's shoot that. We shot it outside the Roxy. And the, no, there were so many things, and 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 we also paid homage to the music thing because that's the other thing about Up in Smoke. It's a musical. No matter how funny the jokes are, at the end of the day, it's a musical. And the the power of music is that you can hear it over and over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And because the music just gives you a, a sense of where you are, you know, and, and that's why music 
can be so comforting. You know, and, yeah. and that's why you use music to set tones and set moods in that. Sure. And then we used uh, 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 Jerry Lieber, Lieber and Stroller uh, songs in, in, in the bit, like Frame. They put me in the lineup and let the bright lights shine. There was ten poor dudes like me standing in that line. I knew I was a victim of somebody's evil plan. When the scrunchy looking dude came up and said, Yeah, that's him, man. Jerry Lieber became a re really good friend of mine, as drunk as he was, because of that. <laughs> <laughs> he almost that? got out of the bar. He almost oh got his got bird in the ground. <laughs> I mean, well, there's some jams on that soundtrack. I mean, Stand Alone, forget about it. Lost Due to Incompetence is a yes. jam. That song is so yeah. killer. And every time you see the green fiber weed van rolling down the street, it's It's just a man, what a groove. That's Cooch and Wabi. That was Danny Kuchmar. Yeah. And, and Wadi right? Yeah. God, those guys. So good. And then, of course, the lyrics that you wrote for Earache My Eye. Yeah, but it's it's not just the lyrics, which are awesome, but the music is so perfect. It's such a marriage. That's Gabriel Delorum that wrote that that riff, that that song. Da -da -da, da -da -da. That's a like, it's like he, he, he wrote it at Cheech's house, too. Yeah, he was yeah. he was staying with Cheech. He come out of the bedroom one time. He said, "Hey, listen to this." Da 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 da. Mama talking to me. Da 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 da. Mama talking to me. Trying to tell me how to live. I remember Dave Geffen being yeah. there. Yeah. He, he came down, he came to pick up Joni. Was Joni staying there or Joni? You, no, you were was, dating Joni. I was having a party. No, I was having a party and all these people were there. And oh, I was like, yeah. I had moved into this house with it and I bought a brand new white Kerman Persian rug to go in the living room. It was too big for the room. It went up the sides of the wall. And, <laughs> and so Joni, his, and then, and then Geffen comes in later and there, I didn't even have any furniture in the fucking place. And so they go and there's, they're laying on the, on the, on the carpet in the corner talking, blah, blah, blah. And he spills a fucking big glass of red wine. Oh. And then never says anything. And, oh, okay. I'll see you later. And I didn't see it till the next morning. <sighs> <laughs> oh. And Joni, Joni was there. And well, yeah. anyway, Gay, Gay, when he played that riff, he had a Frank Gay guitar. Remember that? This guy from Edmonton yeah. made guitars, 
and, uh, and, and, and Gabe was showing it to Joni. And, and Geffen says, uh, he didn't like it. <laughs> you know, like like Geffen knows anything about guitars, but he didn't like that one. He didn't like uh-huh. he didn't like anything that that way. But yeah, Gay Delorme uh, was uh, was the, the instigator of "Eric My Eye." What a yeah. what a classic! Last night I watched Woodstock. Uh, I think it was Woodstock '99. It was a, the disaster Woodstock, and I saw Corn uh, for the first time. I'd never seen Corn before. And Corn's a big uh, Cheech and Chong. Uh, yeah. In fact, they, they did uh, Eric My Eye. Eric My Eye, yeah. I went and recorded yeah. it with him. <laughs> it was funny. Yeah. I played the Roxy probably 20 years ago a couple times in a band that was doing some stuff around L.A. And the first time we played there, we're backstage before we go on. We're not thinking about, oh, man, Bowie's played here, all this. We're thinking... This is where Cheech and Chong did Earache My Eye. We were so stoked about that. And I love how Rodney Bingenheimer introduced you guys. That was so cool. Bingenheimer. It was really good. Uh, Those were the days, man. So classic. Well, paying homage to the punk scene. Yeah. You know? Right. And there was a lot of outtakes. Like the germs, they got cut out of them. A lot of them cut. cut. I don't think they even made the the cut. But we we were we they didn't have, even uh, know about the gig. <laughs> we have uh, footage. We have footage uh, of the the germs and uh, a few yeah. other a few other uh, punk rock groups. Oh man, that would be really yeah. cool to see. You guys have a a mobile app game right now too called Cheech and Chong's Bud Farm that I checked out. Yeah, yeah. It, it's got a bunch of familiar characters in it, right? You got Pedro and Man, and the background music sounds a lot like Lost Due to Incompetence. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're we're trying to capitalize on every aspect of our uh, of uh, our our money making uh, prowess. You know, whatever we can. Years. Yeah, yeah, we can we can get it. Cheech used to say, you know, one day uh, there there will be. People talking and say, you know, there you really was a two guys named Cheech and Chong. You know, yeah. they're not just merchandise, and they're just not just a, a, a dispensaria. They really are. They really did exist, and they were funny. <laughs> just like salt and pepper. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're, they're actual two guys. <laughs> Well, congratulations on all of your success in the 50th anniversary of the first album, Cheech and Chong. It's, uh, it's been wonderful speaking with you guys. Thank you so much. It's our pleasure, man. Uh, Continue yeah. success to you and everybody. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Up in smoke, it's been a very quick 40 years. Some ups and downs. But with very few bitter tears We just smoked our weed And we figured out a way We could get high And get some other folks to pay Thanks very much to Cheech and Tommy for talking with us today. You can keep up with everything they have going on at CheechandChong.com, including upcoming events and their line of merch, which is pretty much exactly what you think it might be. The mustache pipe might just be the gift you're looking for. 
Thanks very much for tuning in. We'll see you next time right here on the Rhino Podcast. Thanks very much for tuning in. Don't forget to listen and subscribe on iTunes so you don't miss the next Rhino Podcast. Producer for Rhino Entertainment, John Hughes. Produced for Rhino Entertainment by Rich Mayhem Promotions. All rights reserved. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Download speeds up to one gigabit per second. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply.